Hi, I'm Rich Pliny, and you're listening to Healthcare Pulse. In 2015, millennials became the largest generation in the workforce as their numbers continue to rise above those of their more experienced counterparts. Leaders are learning not only how to develop learning environments to maximize millennials' potential, they're learning new leadership skills from them. What's more, through the rise of nurse and physician shortages, organizations must differentiate themselves from their competition to attract young, high performers. On today's show, we'll be discussing how to prepare your organization for the inevitable changing of the guard to millennial leadership by giving them a learning environment that fosters creativity, individual development, and opportunities to hone their skills. My guest today is one of my favorite people in the world, Studer Group coach and registered nurse, Faye Sullivan. Faye has led teams delivering high-quality care for patients across a broad spectrum, ranging from outpatient clinics to ICUs. Additionally, she has led teams to drive significant financial and operational results through systems redesign and system integration efforts. Her varied background provides a sound foundation for her current passion of ensuring that leaders have the knowledge, skills, and ability to achieve their goals. Welcome, Faye. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Rich. So listen, I'm trying to get the perfect getting to know you question. And my nine-year-old son, Luke, came up with this question that I am excited to ask you. So here's a getting to know you question, Faye. So what would be your dream car? (laughs) My dream car. Well, interesting that Luke is the one who came up with that question. Because when I think about my dream car, I flash back about... Oh, 25 years ago, when I was taking my then four-year-old son to school, and the road we took was being repaved. And so we had day after day after day of delay. And it was not uncommon in this small community that along the way, we would see a neighbor from uh, down the road. And this neighbor drove a beautiful black Jaguar XJ6. And my son would tell me every morning, Mom, when I grow up, someday I will build a road for you and I will buy you a Jaguar XJ6 to drive (laughs) on it. (laughs) Uh, By the way, I'm still waiting. You know, it's funny because when I was four or five, um, I promised my mom because my mom told me that Elvis bought his mom a pink Cadillac. So I always promised my mom I'd get her a pink Cadillac. And every birthday, no matter what I buy her, she's 88 now. She'll be like, where's my pink Cadillac? So I'm glad to know I'm not the only son that has not fulfilled his promises to his mother. So anyway, that is really cool. I love, I love Jags. Those are great cars. So let's, let's get right into this. And I, I've been excited to talk about this with you because I want to learn about this. And I think this is something that a lot of folks, a lot of leaders, a lot of healthcare folks um, are, are talking about. It seems to be kind of a hot topic. So, um, when we speak about millennials and we talk about uh, this this wonderful group of folks um, entering the workplace and, and and being a big part of the workplace, what do you see as the biggest difference between how we're leading millennials coming into the workplace now, um, you know, in general? Like, what what do you see just as you know what what's what are we what are we doing? How are we supposed to be leading millennials? You know, it's it's interesting when we think about generations. The first thing I, I want to remind you is we, we can't 
paint an entire generation with a single brushstroke, right? Because we're all individuals. And yet, even understanding that, we know that there are some characteristics that are, are, you know, pretty representative of the group as a whole. And so I, I guess I'd start this by saying everything we talk about, you and I today, doesn't apply to every single person in this age range. Um, that said, we do know that there are the characteristics that um, that my generation, the boomers, um, take a look at are often um, often thought of as as negatives. You know, things like they're not as loyal or they don't have the same work ethic. Um, and I, I think the challenge for us as leaders is to reframe that conversation, to think about it a little differently, and say um, they're not as loyal to institutions or to people, but they are fiercely loyal to principles. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean for me as a leader? Right, right. And and, it, and and you're right. I think just, you know, saying this is how we lead millennials, or this is how we lead Gen Xers, or, you know, this is how you lead men, or this is how you lead women. It, it, you just can't do that because there is an individual aspect to a, a group of people. And But I appreciate what you're saying, that there is something that we can learn in general. And then when you get down to the specific or individual person, you provide them with the, with what they need and you get to know that from being an effective leader. Yeah, exactly. So how do you, so how do you, so, so taking that into consideration that there's not one, you know, this is the pathway to leading millennials. Um, what, what would you say, or how could we adjust what we did before, or if you want to say our former teaching methods to kind of better suit um, this wonderful group of folks. What, what 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 can we learn? Well, think about the way you and I learned as we were um, as we were coming up in in our first leadership roles. For example, we would often go to conferences and we'd sit in all day sessions, or we would in our own organizations we would have all day training programs. And millennials don't have the patience for that. They have grown up in, they're digitally native. They've grown up in the world of, um, of YouTube and learning online and getting their information quickly. And so one thing we can do if we think about teaching methods is provide information just in time and on demand and, and put it on their desktop or on their, their tablets or on their phones and, you know, make it accessible for them when they need it. And what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing from you is <clears throat> take, take, take into consideration the environment um, that folks have come out of or that folks are part of, you know, I, I was having a conversation with a younger nurse um, uh, just this weekend and we were talking about taking our nursing boards. And when I took, and I assume when you did, um, it was a two day event. We went to this large convention center. You sat there for several hours. You, you know, took all these, you know, answered all these questions. Then you came back the next day for a few hours. This, this nurse was sharing with me. Um, and my wife, who was a nursing professor, was sharing with me that today it's it's computer based and you sit, you know, you're you're in a, a learning room, you're at a computer, you start, you know, going through questions. And I believe, as I understood it, when you reach a certain number, either where you've passed or if you reach a number where it would be impossible for you to pass, it then shuts down and that you get your answer or you get your um, pass or fail within a few days. I don't know about you. I waited three months for mine. So, you know, exactly. right. So, to, so that is like, to me, exactly when you're talking about this, that's how I'm 
I'm hearing this, that this is a different way of doing things. Things are quicker. Answers are quicker. You know, when I think about writing papers in college, I went to the library. There was no Google. So, I mean, it's even that and I'm 50. So I get you. So it's, it's adjusting to the fact that there, that uh, this is a group of folks that have been raised with more technology, more on demand. Things come a little bit quicker and we've got to adjust to that. Well, and isn't that good for the workforce? Because we don't want to wait longer to get things right. We want a a rapid and and iterative um, improvement cycle. And so try it, evaluate it. Let's move on and make it better. Uh, You know, one of the things, interestingly, that uh, as I've been looking at this topic, Rich, is um, understanding that millennials don't tolerate bad bosses. Hmm. They'll leave. They won't put up with it. And isn't that good for our workforce? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, I mean, it says I can't be a, le- a lazy it's leader. Good, it's, good for, it's good for everybody leader. except for the bad bosses who are going like, what? I've been here 20 years. What do you and mean then, I'm a bad boss? I love it. Well, I, yeah, it's it's that interesting thing that um, we have to continual, continually evolve ourselves if if we're going to continue to lead the generations that are coming behind what, us. What, what have you personally learned? Um, you know, cause you're, you're what, what I, and I've known Faye for, you know, in, in disclosure to our listening audience, I've known Faye for um, a long time, more than a decade. And um, if Faye, you're one of the most open hearted, honest, direct, um, real people that I've known. And I, and I mean that. So I'd be interested in knowing because I think you're such a good observer of people um, what have you learned uh, from folks that are younger than you that has been maybe profound for you as, or has helped you change how you lead or how you communicate? That's a good question. I, I think one of the most important things that I've learned is about valuing a balance between uh, my work life and my family life and my social life, mm-hmm. that millennials do that better than I do. And that I can I can learn a lot from them in that. Um, it doesn't mean that when they're at work, they're not focused on work. It just means that they know how to balance that better. Hmm. Um, so I, I've got some work to do in that area. Don't, and, don't we all? I think that's that's a great point. What do you when you think about that? Um, it, it, you know, for a leader who let's say is it has some millennial employees, millennial teams. How, especially when they're balancing that with folks that might be of a different generation, how do you kind of walk that line? So you're, you're talking about folks that are getting that, Hey, you know, I need to have time off for this, or I need to take care of myself, which, you know, I'm all about. That's what I speak about the most. And yet then you have this other group of folks that are like, no, you got to work 14 hours or you're useless. You know, I mean it. So, (laughs) so kind of. (laughs) <laughs> how do you how do you as a leader kind of kumbaya the two groups together so that one is not seeing you know because i can almost see like these battle lines you know like this group is looking at that group saying they're lazy and the other group's looking at that group saying they're mean so i mean kind of how do you do that yeah you know i think the thing it's you're exactly right and you see those lines drawn all the time and mm-hmm. so i think the thing we can do as leaders is try to kind of find the common ground so how do we bring them together and it goes back to an earlier comment about uh, millennials being loyal to principles mm-hmm. and to purpose mm-hmm. and so when the when the boomers who are saying work 14 hours, they're saying that because they're committed to a purpose. Mm -hmm. And when the millennials are saying, no, I need to be off on this day because I need to recharge my batteries so that I can deliver on my promises when I'm at work. So when we can find that kind of common ground and recognize that 
what I need to be at my best may not be what you need to be at your best, but mm-hmm. we, we've got to allow for those differences if we're going to work together. And, you know, it's interesting because when you're, when you're talking about that, um, it, it's amazing to me because it just occurred to me what's longer lasting, being loyal to a, an individual or being loyal to a purpose. And when you think about it, people will let you down, but a purpose, a mission, a moral, an ethic, that's not going to let you down if it's, if it's the right one, if it's coming from the right place. So I can see some really, something really powerful about that, you know, if I were to think of myself leading a group of folks. So that for me right there is a great learning. So I'm grateful that I got that from you. That's really cool. You know, Rich, I remember when as a new leader, many times going to someone and saying, "Um, I need you to do something for me. And I'd pull on my personal bank account with Mm -hmm. them. I I need you to work an extra four hours or I need you to come in on Saturday. Will you do that for me? And, Mm -hmm. and, And now I think a smarter way to approach that is to talk about the team, talk about the patients that need us, talk about the purpose and say, is there a way for you to work it so that you can come in an extra four hours? Hmm. Um, Our our team's going to need it. You know, our our patients, we're going to have surgery patients coming back and I need to be sure we've got staff to care for them. Kind of frame it so that it connects to that purpose rather than um, doing it for an individual. A I love that. I love that. No, and and I could see how that that could create something pretty amazing across the board. So you know, something that comes up a lot. We were speaking about technology and and how this is a generation that are so much more you know tuned into that. Um, this whole issue of privacy. Uh, this came up for me um, not too long ago, actually, with a friend of mine who's a newer leader in healthcare. And uh, it was happened to be a millennial employee was posting comments about the organization on a Facebook page Um, and their name was their name. And it was, you know, out very much out in the open and the organization realized they really didn't, they didn't even have a policy about social media. They, they had nothing. So um, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because you can see how millennials will have strong feelings about how they use um, technology um, but they also might find themselves, you know, very attached to uh, social media. Uh, do you see that as being a challenge at all for leaders or, or for teams, both in a positive or negative? Either way, is it, it how to address it or how to talk about it? Sure. It, it can be both a positive and a negative, I think, Rich. You know, mm-hmm. when, we've got, um, when we've got team members who are speaking negatively about uh, individuals on the team or about the leaders or about the organization, uh, that's that's something that shouldn't be tolerated, can't be tolerated. And yet, because the privacy boundaries are so fluid for millennials, if we don't speak about that up front, we kind of set them up. It's sort of like um, double secret probation, right? You're not supposed to do that, but we're not going to tell you you're not supposed to do that. But when you do that, you're in really big trouble. So, you know, just right. be really upfront about what's out of bounds and what's in bounds and what's expected and talk about why. And again, connect it back to the big why, the big purpose and how that might have a negative impact on our organization or on our ability to fulfill our mission. Um, and, and I think that will resonate with millennials. Yeah. And I, th- I you know, for me, it's always been that age old, you know, um, what would you, you know, what, what would you say to, 
this person or if you what would you say to this person about such and such a subject and my my thought and i heard this a while ago is i wouldn't say anything i would listen to them mm. and you know i, I feel like having a, a son who's 20 um who's I, I you know and i i might be exposing my ignorance but i, I don't even know if that's millennial i think he's actually is he would he fall into the millennial category or or past that i i get sometimes he's I right get on the path the definite yeah. Yeah, he's right on the cusp. But but even when I talk to him and his friends, and a lot of his friends are a little bit older, um, I find that when I listen, I get a lot out of them. And and just something that I learned recently, I, I caught myself saying the sentence back in my day. <laughs> I was like, I instantly was like, oh God, did I just say that? So um, it's kind of funny. I guess we all should check ourselves if we're a little bit older. When you say that, it's okay. But that sometimes it's more important maybe to listen to millennials than just to tell them, well, back in my day, we, you know, we, we had 12 patients and worked 87 hours and no one was allowed to drink water except for uneven <laughs> hours, you know? It's, so, so I guess the, the last, and I guess the, the, the most, maybe the most important question, um, you know, we're really experiencing some nursing and some vis- physician shortages right now. Um, how do you feel is a great way uh, to engage millennials to either keep them or, or to bring them on board? What, what are some things that you, and I know there's no like one answer to this, but what are just a couple of things that you think is, is uh, important to know about recruiting and retaining high-performing millennials? You know, there's not a single answer. I wish there was a silver bullet, but we don't have that. Right. But there is sort of a nope. laundry list to think about. I mean, the, think about the fact that uh, millennials want to be developed. And so they want mentors. They don't want to be told to do it because I said so, but show me why, right. tell me how, give me the opportunity to grow. Even if I can't advance in this organization immediately, allow me to grow my skill sets and invest in me. So that's probably the first thing I would would say. I think um, another one is to talk with them about their career trajectory because they're interested in that. They're looking ahead. Mm-hmm. And while it's not a short-term goal, uh, they want to know they're building towards that. So keep that in mind as well. Um, I guess if I was going to think of a third thing, I would I would talk about the fact that um, that while millennials don't want often don't want to do the boring work, the the mundane kind of work, when we can position that in, um, in the context of growing skills, understanding the organization or understanding the, the uh, environment in which you're working so that you're building on a solid foundation, then mm-hmm. it, it helps kind of engage them in that um, less than exciting but absolutely necessary work to be done. I think that's great. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's such an exciting time to, to be alive and just such an exciting time in general to be in healthcare. And, and I think, you know, for those that might be of a certain age or maybe a little older or an older generation, just keep in mind, I mean, you know, I'm 50 and I can remember when I was a new nurse in my twenties and working, there were nurses who their philosophy was you work and there's nothing wrong with this, but it was very ingrained you work on in one area, in one hospital, you stay loyal to it, you never go anywhere else. And I remember being kind of having some disdain thrown my way because, you know, where I worked, I, I wanted to then do this. And then I wanted to go into ICU and then I wanted to go into trauma. And then, you know, if you look at my resume, I've worked in a lot of areas. 
And I remember there was a couple of folks that kind of really had a problem with that. They were like, you know, that's not what you do because that's not how they were shown how to do it. So I almost can kind of remember, and this is maybe a little, you know, silly, but at some point, Faye, you and I were the quote millennials of our generation. You know, we were the the newbies and we had this other, you know, kind of philosophy that we, we might've bumped up against. And I think that for me, what I'm hearing from you is, what I've learned from you and what I'm writing down from what you said in my own little language is keep an open mind, meet them on their field, learn from them, see that, you know, that some things that are framed as negatives are actually really positives and, you know, make these adjustments in a way that everybody benefits, you know, with that whole battle lines thing, like how can we make this a win-win for everybody? My, my exposure to, and my interactions with, um, millennials, I found from something that you said, I wrote down the word mentors and I circled it. I find that they tend to be a group and I'm making a generalization that seem to ask for mentoring. They, they're very open to it. Whereas maybe the older generation felt a little sillier asking for help. It's, it was a sign of weakness. Whereas maybe now, do you find that millennials look at it as maybe Absolutely. a sign of strength? And, and there's a lot written in the literature about the importance of leading rather than just managing, you know, managing, looking at, mm-hmm. um, details and and numbers while that's important leading Mm -hmm. is about exploring and learning and developing and growing and that's what this group is hungry for so i think you've summarized it very well rich you you captured the what was in my head you gave us you gave us a lot so i i want to thank you for being here and um i wish you an amazing rest of your week, rest of your day. I hope you are picked up in a black Jaguar and taken to a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful dinner tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much, Faye. Um, Your time is, is just wonderful and you're such a beautiful soul. And I'm so grateful that um, you would uh, grace our podcast with your knowledge. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Well, you've been listening to Healthcare Pulse hosted by Rich Blooney, produced by Lindy Sykes and edited by Stephen Dickerson. Our special thanks to our wonderful guest, Faye Sullivan, and all of our colleagues and collaborators at Studer Group in Huron. You can find more about our podcast and other episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, and studergroup.com. Thank you so much for listening to Healthcare Pulse.